Man, man, I just did another outstanding, exceptional interview with Real Life Street Stars. Shout out to King's Council. Shout out to Men Work With Boys. Dallas, Texas, stand up. We got, we got some more shit to do. Goomba out. Real life street star. Hold on, we got him right back. We got him right back, man. Uh, it, it's crazy because you know the first time we sat down with you, uh, Goomba, uh, we unpacked a lot. Uh, we talked, uh, of course, about um, uh, you and Jag, of course, uh, going off to you know Shreveport and the whole Shreveport incident. Yeah. Uh, but then we also touched on a lot of your background and your history, and um, a lot of people, a lot of fans, kind of. <clears throat> catered and gravitated towards that history man you were saying some quick things but they were like man this guy been through some stuff man he fought for our country <laughs> yeah um and that honestly sparked us to say um man we need to get him back in here just to talk those stories now in your personal life a lot of stuff has transpired even since we said let's get him back in here so it's like normally people would be like hey uh let's go through through all the stuff that's going on right now right now and honestly i, I think even what we do on this platform um you know, as everything is happening real time in your personal life, I like to keep your personal life personal. Yeah. You know, I like to have you work that out the best way you want to work out. It's um, right. Yeah, it's not for us really to unpack, you know, the day to day. Cause we'll be here every goddamn day um, <laughs> if we just hear and talk real, about the saga real. of uh, you and Jack. Man. But one thing we did do is um, we uh, invited uh, Solar on here to talk about, of course, the carbonation. We had an interest in speaking on carbonation and uh, this the whole what that was, you know, because it's a way bigger than what we even first realized. Right. And even in that interview, of course, he started off, of uh, course, just addressing the situation with you, him, and Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you've seen what he had to say, let's just start off with that. Cause I want to get your rebuttal first and foremost about his, the way he looked at how the Shreveport incident happened and coming back into Dallas, um, and. What, how he viewed y'all's relationship mm-hmm. uh, much differently than kind of what you painted. Right. So I just want you first and foremost just tell us about as far as what what his interview and what he was saying that you feel like is very contradictory, very uh, or correct, that things that were correct, and just kind of what you took from what he said. So pretty much what I took from what he said was some total bullshit. To be bluntly honest, it was Fucking bullshit. What parts were the most bullshit that you felt like? How he was playing with my gun. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he was doing all this and all that. And and, and talking about how he was going to take it and force me out my own car with the shit. So let's touch on that. He said um, you were very careless with your gun and how you laid it about. He said at any at any point in time, which is crazy, I, I wouldn't be riding with my op, I guess. Like I'm riding with my, my, my enemy to, at any point in time, I could have took it in. <laughs> so he said it was very accessible. Um, you were kind of willy-nilly with it. And, you know, at any point in time, he could have confiscated your gun and just, yeah, I'm like, well, go ahead, take us through that. <laughs> as far as just how, you're, how you normally handle your gun and even in that trip, I how have- you were handling the gun. 
the way I handle my firearm. Firearm, yeah, let's go ahead and keep it professional. Because it's what it is, it's a firearm. The way I handle my firearm is the way I was trained. That is my life, period. I cannot live, breathe, eat, shit, sleep without my weapon, period. We've been taught how to make sure that nobody takes your weapon with the drill sergeants. They, they, they start that rule off first. Because if you leave your weapon, oh Lord, you're getting smoked. And everybody who's a veteran knows what getting smoked is. You're going you to get some punishment. <laughs> some push-ups, some something. Ah. Military presses with that same weapon, everything. What? You might have to go back through the mud pit again. Yeah, but that, they instill that in you. They instill that in you. That you live, sleep. This is your. This side, is your life. This is your side piece. What? Your side piece. That's your main piece. Oh, oh wait. So, hold on. I'm gonna let you finish that <laughs> thought. But yeah, so we're gonna pack because we're just unpacking. And I'm, yeah. You know, Solar said, "Man, Goomba, Gerald, he cherishes his firearm more than he does his wife." Bullshit. Like, At that time, no, I did not. They, they're fucking equal. Matter of fact, I need that to protect her. Like, why would I? Why would I treat my firearm more better than my wife? Like, so in his instance, um, and again, I just want your take on it. Uh, you had mentioned, of course, that uh, he was getting very um, personal with you, a little yeah. too personal. Yeah, uh, you weren't feeling it, and he said. He I did I enjoyed it. Yeah, like nigga, please. Y'all start off. And y'all heard me say, nigga, get your hands off me. I, I'm not that touchy feely. And I y'all remember me telling her, why is you riding with this nigga? Because she said, Don't talk to him that way. That's my nephew. Everybody remember that. And he, he said he established the auntie and nephew thing early on to show that there was no anything extra going on. Um, were you aware of that uh, reason behind the auntie nephew no. dynamic? No. So you weren't part of that conversation of Hell why we're going to no. call each other auntie and nephew. Nope. Mm. That's why I was like, why the fuck is you calling this nigga three days? Now your nephew? He, he said when he, <clears throat> when he first met Jack, he said it was you who he more so gravitated towards because he saw the... Because he didn't like her. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, he said he didn't like her. He said he saw more of, of you and him bonding more. Right. And there was nights that you were crying on his shoulder. Man, um, my nigga wasn't crying on nobody goddamn shoulder, bro. I don't even know you for three days, my nigga, and you say I'm crying on your shoulder. Nigga, it, my, my niggas know me. It, I'm not crying on your shoulder, bro. That's very interesting because, you know, we asked him, like, how long did you know Goomba? And he said, well, about a week, which, as you said, your interactions were just a couple days from, yes, I known him for a week, but I only really interacted with him, like, three, like, three days. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, crying on shoulders, like, in three days, that's... It's interesting. Like, you try to pay me as a big ass pussy. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, that's interesting that for a man I just met. I'm, just because I allowed her to run me over, nigga, ain't nobody gonna else run me over. Goddamn, trust believe me. It, I asked him personally um, as far as why he felt to even intervene and have so much commentary on y'all relationship right. as husband and wife. And I forgot what his answer was to that. Um, his answer was that, 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 that Jack opened that door for him to come in. To, to learning about the, the intimate stuff, as he called it, about our childhood. Did she open a door that you feel like? I don't fucking know. And, and, and you were part of that conversation, I was I guess. part of that conversation, and back to where he stated, you know, there was never a time where we was, we was all together, we was like three amigos. Nigga, no, the fuck we wasn't. You lying again. 
Yeah, he said y'all never left each other's side. Watch what it, I can do. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm in control of. Nigga, what the fuck? I, I guess he said his facial expressions made you feel away. Is, is there somebody's facial expression that made you think no. other than? And it's, it's just funny that you know Solar is even a topic of conversation within y'all's marriage, and you know That's what because happened. Because Jaguar allowed that when I said no. And me being a husband to my wife, I'm not about to have a, any type of fucking argument, anything in anybody's house that we were in about who right, who wrong. So how quickly did, I'm assuming you, were, you had no feelings about Solar when you first met him. It was just like, let me get to know, know this guy. How quickly not even did let it me get go to know, not, not, not even let me get to know this guy. Who, who's, this, who's this bum? Who's this nigga that just popped up after we did a video saying we need interns? Mm. Now all of a sudden you make beats and shit and you was a part of carbonation. Mm. And all of a sudden you second in command and you, you, you know, traffic 70 people over the lines after, you know, you know, old buddy got locked up. How how aware were you of all the carbonation stuff? I'm just curious. I never we never talked about that as far I as I wasn't in depth into everything like everybody knows now, but um at the time shit, we was our main objective was to really help them. Yeah. Was to help get them the ones that wanted to get out the shit, who couldn't get out the shit to find them a safe way to get out that shit. That was the main goal. And was I, I met I met Shaka. I met a, yeah. a guy named Shaka. Yeah. Very up and up, cool. Yeah, cool, dude. cool um, cat. Yeah. I, I I met Solar early on. Yeah, as an artist. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, was, he was rapping. Right. You know, from what I knew, uh, very cool. I mean, right. I, I didn't know nothing about him, but you know, right. very you know, silent visual. I asked him about the carbonation stuff, and he told me he was more of like the tech behind carbonation, right under nature. Well, he was like second in command is where he put himself. Um, your your thought process as far as hey, we're gonna try to help some of these guys out. Um, we're gonna try to see what's going on. Um, again, uh. At the time, I'm assuming you write for your wife, your wife writes for you. Uh, your ideas, her ideas, let's try to bring them together. Uh, what was your mission in that as far as, you know, trying to help out these, you know, souls? My mission was uh, just to support my wife. This is her endeavor. She wanted to do it. I'm just, I'm there for support. Any type of technical support she needs to, to find access to get to, to, to these people, such as when she found out they was on Beagle uh, in Tokyo Tony. Nosey, I'll put them on. Boom. Yeah, they on Beagle right now. We got to go over there and roast it. I'm just sitting in the background like, Jesus Christ, please give me strength. Because these cackling hands is about to drive me up a wall. And that's all they was doing, bro. How are we going to take him down? How y'all going to help do what? The feds already got a case on this, man. Let, let, let the people take care of it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, it was just ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was just to the point where, yo. I'm going to ride with you, baby, you know, as a husband do. You know what I'm saying? That was it. As we were working on our shit. Right. You want to go off and do this? Go. Definitely. So I have to ask, man, uh, outside of him coming and grabbing your arm, did Saul ever try to, like, have any, like, a sexual advance? I'm just curious. Like, did he ever, like, try to come on to you or to Jaguar? in a sexual manner that you felt? Like, hell no, nigga. That nigga would've been asleep for real. 
I don't play them fucking games, nigga. I, I'm so, a heterosexual male, nigga. I do not play, nigga, no. So that's for you? Like, he never, now, outside, now, of, outside have, of tipping the rub of shoulder? Yeah, that's, yeah, hell no. Jaguar, did he ever... I don't fucking know, bro. Did, I mean, did you ever see anything that you could have been like, now that's just inappropriate, but I'm allowed because we're still new in this scenario that you're like, take not one allow that with a stranger. No. It, when I, when I, if, if I'm present, fuck no, bro. That's not happening regardless. Like, nigga, a hug, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that ain't shit, but, you know, holding hands and doing all the extra extra shit and rubbing the backs and shit. Nah, I don't know about all that, bro. Is, is there anything in the interview that he said that was factual? Fuck no. Yo, he said I play Call of Duty all the damn time. That nigga, ain't, that nigga ain't never seen me play the fucking game, not once. You know why? Because we was on the fucking road. Where's my game? Game at the crib. So how the fuck did you see me smoke 50 cigarettes in one setting, playing Call of Duty, ignoring my wife? You have never seen me do that, bro. Yeah, the, the one thing I really, because uh, again, he's telling his story, you tell yours. But one thing I really just didn't quite understand, you know, again, this is- And him me. lying about he ain't seen my story or Jag's story. Nigga, you lying. Yeah. Everybody seen the shit. <laughs> he, he said one thing when you came out that barbershop that you ran to attack Jag. Yo. One thing that I'm looking at when I see the video, you were dead set on him and Jag jumped in the way. But he said, no, he wasn't, you weren't coming for him. You were running to get to Jag. And that's one thing I was like. That's the delusion. Yeah, from what I saw. That's the delusion from the illusionist who calls himself the magician. What do you say when you, you mentioned about the, some magician, magical shit, some spells? And he says, I have no. The, with the face yeah, shit? Yeah, with the face shit. I have no. This is, this is my spells. No, sir. Let's talk about some real shit. No, sir. Let, let, let's ask him a question right now. Nigga, why did Velvet leave, nigga? Why did Velvet leave your mama house? Why did she end up in Texas? Tell the truth on that, bro, before I do. I'm going to I'm going to, I want to, I would like to know more. But and I, let's see if he watch it. Yeah. Since <laughs> he don't watch it. See, we watch it. I'd like to know more. <laughs> I, I, I got a magic trick for you, nigga. I don't know why Velvet left. But I, I got a magic trick for you, nigga. But these cookies from Angel's <laughs> Cookie Shop. I'm telling you. That's so divine. It's a goddamn good cookie. And she didn't put GOT in it. But she should put goddamn co <laughs> good cookie. So, no, to see Solar and Velvet together on the interview. Um, I didn't see them together. Okay. Keep it there. We'll leave, we'll leave it right there. We'll leave it right there. So, let's do it like this. They doing um, that shit for club, bro. Oh. Oh. God, dog, I'm just going to be honest. I said I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Nigga, she left because you was beating her ass, bro. Mm. Mm. Uh, but, I, but, I, but I'm the, I'm the most dangerous nigga. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'm careless with my weapon. But damn, even though she is pregnant, why the fuck did she run from Arizona to Texas to get away from your ass? But that's not what we hear, Drew. <laughs> but I mean, 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 I mean,
where do you get that information from? Because she said on here that she dealt with that with Nature Boy uh, to the fullest, and it was something that she just wasn't planning on dealing with again, from what I'm trying to recollect from what she said. But um, you're saying that that's the reason why they might have had a situation, uh, inside knowledge, I guess. Okay, we'll leave it there. Um, you see so my hat. Course. You see my hat, right? Sig Signacore, right? So I'm, I'm tapped into the wire, so. Let's do it like this then. <laughs> Let's do it like this because, you know, we want to, again, the reason we brought you back was to get a better understanding of even uh, some of the stuff that you went through coming up, uh, you know, just under the military. And I'm, I'm just curious, before we even go into, like, these situations and, uh, you know, again, you fighting for our country, we didn't get a chance to talk about your upbringing as far as why you even went to the military. Yeah. What age you went in at. Yeah. Why, you know, during a technical war, uh, you would decide to go. Uh, war wasn't even started yet. Even, yeah, go what ahead. Wasn't even started yet. Let, let, us, let us know as far as mentally uh, and physically, where were you at to even get to decide to go to the military? I was always interested in it anyways, uh, thanks to my grandfather. Um, visited him on, on many posts. Um, one I can remember, they have a spot called um, Old Tank Bridge, and it's an old destroyed bridge that the tanks used to ride on, the Big Red One. If everybody know what Big Red One is, you know where it's at. I'm not going to say it, because it, it is a U.S. government fort, but you know you can go Google and figure out where it's at. But uh, Granddad was at the Big Red One and, um, in Kansas, and that, that shit was amazing to me, because at nighttime, in the morning time, you hear the cannons go off, boom. Then you hear Reveille, you know what I mean? Like, what is that, Granddaddy? Well, it's time to go to work. Oh, okay. Then you hear the cannon go off, boom. That's my grandma, what is that? Granddaddy coming home, huh? And he come on, and next thing you know, he come home. Like, what the hell going on here? Like, this is awesome. Yeah. Later on in nighttime, she would start rattling. Granddaddy, what is that? Oh, the tanks rolling. They, they, they had the firing range today. Damn, tanks? Can we see him? Oh man, went to go see him, fishing everything, man. You know, that, that's what got me sparked in, in, into the military life. Um, as growing up, uh, I had opportunity to be a part of the first, was it the first class? Yeah, it was the first class at O.W. Holmes um, Middle School here in Dallas, uh, home of the Tigers, you know what I'm saying? Oak Cliff, baby. Yeah, uh, I see. <laughs> so, uh, they offered a ROTC program. And I was one of the first cadets to actually take that program. And I was stuck into it. The military life was, you know, something cool with me. You know, for- Wait, why, why did you take the program? Like, what were you- uh, I mean, I loved, I loved the part of, you know, marching, you know what I'm saying? The, the unification and, you know, you got a group of people that's doing military shit. I thought you might have like Major Payne or something and say, ooh, I want to- I mean, I did. Go Tiger. I'm about to, I'm about to, get, I'm about to get there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you know what? That is one of my inspirational movies, and it's, one, it's on my list, the top. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Because yeah. uh, that was my nickname in high school, Major Payne. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> I was into the PT, which was the physical fitness team. Um, I was into uh, uh, rifle marksmanship. You know, back then they allowed, they, some schools still do allow the rifle marksmanship um, teams for ROTC. 
because folks go to nationals and you know it's big money in that stuff you know what yeah. i'm saying uh scholarships all that shit. um did that did the drill team and did the arm drill team where we've got to learn how to flip the damn weapons and all that stuff get parade ready and also the color guard oh yeah yeah um with all that training and learning how to do that in high school and everything like that yeah that's well so i signed up i signed up so can you tell us where you were on 9-11 and what did you feel about it when it happened <laughs> do you know my story bro speaking about rltc i was in rltc class at the soto high school colonel cross was our uh our colonel for rltc we had first sergeant jackson and first sergeant james um since i was a company commander i believe it was delta company or charlie company it's either one of the two um i was company commander which means i was head of everybody in that rltc program at, at, at that hour so for that class so you know we we trained on <clears throat> Formation, we trained on um, marching for parades, all this stuff like that. And um, yeah, we were sitting in class getting ready to get everybody ready for the parade that was coming up. And um, we're sitting in class doing our work as we do a little study time. And first sergeant came over there and said, Colonel Cross, I need you to turn the TV on right now. He's like, for what? We're about to, we about to go. He's like, no, sir, you need to turn it on right now. Like, what going on? He said, don't worry about it, I got it. First of all, I went over there, turned the TV on. We was all sitting there. You see what tower was going, and the first plane had already hit. Yeah. And the smoke was going, and everybody's looking like, what the fuck is this? Now, mind you, I signed up to get in the Army when I was a junior. So I played football and was still in the Army. It was in Army Reserves. And that means uh, one, one week out of a month, I would go drill and get paid by the Army and everything like that, get introduced into, introduced into um, my job, which I already signed up for, was, uh, was Signal, 25 uniform. First, it was 31 uniform, then they switched it to 25 uniforms. So Signal Support Specialist, um, while I was still in high school. Um, so we were sitting in class, Everybody already knew I signed up. We sit in class and it hit the second plane come in. Boom, I'm like, damn, we watching this hell of fire. This is, what is this, a new movie or something? Yeah. A Mission Impossible movie? That's what I feel though. We wasn't paying attention to the, to the ticker at the bottom. Like, nigga, we watching CNN. You know, wasn't thinking about that. It's like, damn. Hold on, that shit, that shit real. Then next you know, the announcement come across the, the loudspeakers, you know, uh, we, everybody's on lockdown right now to further notice because we figure out what's going on. Um, everybody's in a panic. Like, what's going on? Like, oh, what's happening? Everybody was scared. Everybody's glued to the TV. And I was just sitting there at the table like, damn, I just fucking signed up. I'm about to go to fucking war. Right so then you it, felt like- I already knew it. Because mind you, we were training at the reserve center, you know, how to, how to pack shit, how to get prepared for, for mobilization and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, why, why? 
This is just, 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 just basic, basic stuff that we always do. You know, we, we unpack the Connex and then we put the Connex back together, you know, make sure we got all our parts and everything like that. And if we need to order parts, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll just play. Nigga, I see something going on. So, <laughs> mind you, this is before basic training and everything. And, yo, they released us, that they let us go, and we, we were still sitting there. They told us to go home. They, they ended school that day. Was the Pentagon already hit? No, Pentagon one hit. Pentagon one hit. Then, after that, well, when, I, when we sat at the table and I was like, damn, I'm going to war. While I'm thinking about it, all my friends and shit like that, man, we're gonna break your arm, we're gonna break your leg so you can't go. I was like, do it, go! Man, I'm bullshitting, y'all ain't gonna do shit, you know what I'm saying? So, we sit there, we, I turned into a whole joke. I said, well, I already knew what the fuck I signed up for, so you know, it is what it is. And I, and I cracked the joke, I said, shit, everything I learned in Coach Dyer's class, Coach Dyer taught uh, world history. And I love history. Uh, so, when we was talking about the different parts of the world, we, spe we specifically had a section on the Middle East. So during that, during that time, and that fucking shit was crazy. So during that time, we was learning about the Tiger, Euphrates River, the Fertile Crescent, all, all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Iraq, uh, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, all the oil stuff, the conflicts that they was having, all that, sh all that shit, even back, back then, we were learning shit in world history. I sat there again, I was like, damn, everything that Coach Dyer taught us about the Middle East, I'm about to see a shit for real. And I told him that. I told Coach that. He's like, son, come back. Come back home. I don't understand what he meant at first. But going over there. So when did you get the, the notification that, you know, <laughs> you're, you're getting shipped? to You're going to Iraq, son. All right, so. How, how old were you exactly? So like I said, that was my senior year when, when the towers got hit. Child got hit around senior year. No, I'm sorry, junior year, junior year. Yeah, junior year. Um, after that, I still played football, still went to ROTC competitions, everything like that. Uh, I already had a fucking date to go to basic training, which that was in June. So graduated, went straight to basic training, got out of basic training. Yo, that shit was crazy. Got out of basic training, went to AIT, which AIT is uh, Advanced Individual Training, which is, that means you go, you go train on your job. So whatever specific MOS that you have, you go to that, that branch, that, that part of the service where you learn your job, period. So I learned how to work on AM, FM, tactical satellites, uh, Cat5 cables, servers, all that shit. I learned how to do all that, yeah. dealing with communication. And um, while dealing with that, <laughs> in AIT, I remember the day they, they caught Saddam. That shit was crazy, bro. Oh, man. You know, we remember that day. Fourth ID. Cool. Y'all did a great job. Y'all did a great job giving that little kid a Hershey bar. Did you is that know? They, is did that you, what they caught? No, no. Did you know that's how they caught him? They gave a baby boy a Hershey bar and asked him, where's the man? That baby snatched that Hershey bar and ran to a hole that was covered up and said, here. Oh, damn. They told the kid to get out of there. That's when they cracked open that hole. 
and he was down there waiting for his meal. Oh, damn. That I didn't know. That's how they got Saddam. Real life street stars. Exclusive. God damn. Fourth ID, baby. And I was in AIT. Yo, we had this fucking drill side. I can't remember his goddamn day right now. He was a short Hispanic guy. And he was, he, he was trying to go to ranger school. Uh, to get qualified for ranger school, you got to go through a lot of shit. But, uh, you know, <laughs> he called everybody outside. You know, he called a formation outside, so everybody come outside. We're like, what the fuck going on out here? Like, we ain't got no school, no nothing. Nigga, everybody, we good right now. Like, what is the weekend? What the fuck is you calling us out here for? Yeah. Everybody confused, like, why we in formation? He locked us up. We said, I come here, blah, 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 and at the end, like, I got a message for you. I got a message for you soldiers out here today. Man, look like, what the fuck is going on? Nigga, they serving lobster at the check mess hall or something? Yeah, what was good? We caught you down. Everybody went crazy, bro. We was like, nigga, what? Like, nigga, the war's almost yeah, yeah, like, over. Yeah, we like, ain't got to go. That's what I'm saying. Like, y'all going home now. Like, this, oh, you don't, don't have thinking. to go yet. You have to, we, yeah, you're not this, we still yet. is training. Yes. And everybody knows, shit, as soon as we get done with our school, my nigga, they going to put us in a unit. And go. Because they need communications out here. I'm talking about, we all <laughs> talk about the shit like, where your orders say you're going? Oh, Colorado? Nigga, you might be good. Nigga, aviation? Oh, no, nigga, you ain't good. Um, where, where you going? Nigga, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to brag. God damn it, nigga, airborne shit, bro. You're jumping out with the mechanized infantry. Ooh, nigga, good luck. Where you going? I'm going back home. Nigga, back to Dallas, nigga, reserve unit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got to worry about that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was thinking. But uh, <laughs> never go the way you think. What? Never the way you think. So you know we trying to figure this shit out. You know we graduate, boom. Parents come, mom and my grandma, and my little brother. They came pick me up uh, from Augusta, Georgia, Fort Fort Gordon. And uh, we drove from from Fort Gordon back home to Dallas. Uh, we made some family stops here and there, but you know, I ain't gonna put that out there for everybody. I'm gonna keep that up here. Keep that. And for, and for the family, you know what I'm saying? Keep that. So, uh, long story short, we get, uh, we get back, and I got about a week before I gotta go to drill. And, you know, I just got my job, you know, I got more technical training and learn, learn, learning my responsibilities as, as a signal soldier, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I go to drill. Now, mind you, my unit's already gone. My unit got shipped out. Oh, damn. So they was first wave, op Operation Iraqi Freedom. I'm like, fuck. Like, so who, who am I going to go drill with? They was like, oh, you got to deal with the old, the old, old farts, you know, in the back, you know, old Sergeant Major and, and you know, the, the, the wounded soldiers. I'm like, god damn it. Yeah. So I'm like, it's cool. Well, shit, I ain't got, I ain't got have shit to do, but I, hey. But, but send letters and pack up you know, packages and ship them off. You know, I was really upset because uh, I grew, I grew, that was my family, you know what I'm saying? 493rd Engineer Group, Combat Heavy. It's been disbanded now, but back then, you know, we were the Grizzlies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Mighty Grizzlies and uh, there's some great engineers, man. Some great people. You know what I'm saying? Great, great comrades. Definitely, definitely. So, um, <laughs> Me and Sergeant Major had to sit down, and we sat down, and uh, he's like, so how was basic? How was AIT? Oh, Sergeant Major, it was cool, it was cool, it was cool. 
I said, is there any possible chance that I'll be able to go with everybody? He said, no, they already left. They've been gone for, for a while now, and, um, you know, they already processed. I'm like, damn. He said, so do you want to go? I said, Sergeant Major, at the time I was a PFC. I said, Sergeant Major, I'm private first class. You a Sergeant Major. You tell me if I'm going or not. He said, uh, give me a second. And he walked up at the room and was like, huh? G give you a sec. What the fuck did I just do? Like, I just got home, fool. <sighs> Whatever. So I sat there. 15 minutes go by. Matter of fact, he come back in and he said, uh, he said, uh, Johnson, he said, uh, go ahead and go to lunch. And uh, come back and see me. So, all right, sorry, Major. So I come back from lunch. I'm sitting in my office, you know what I'm saying, going over the, the manuals and all my notes from school and shit. And he come in there and he said, well, uh, here, here you go. So here I go. What's, what's this, sorry, Major? I'll open it up. It's orders. I'm like, God, oh, Jesus. Orders. Like, I, I mentioned Iraqi freedom leaving in three months. Oh, what does it say? What it, it? It, it pretty much states a transfer from unit to unit. You know what I'm saying? So it transferred me from the 493rd to the 980th, uh, uh, 980th HHC Combat Heavy Engineers, which is stationed in Austin at Camp, at Camp Mayberry. So when I got them orders, and it also stated on there, uh, transition for, for, for theater. I was like, what the fuck, bro? Like, oh God. Like, yo, I'm about to go. The first person I called was my mama. Mama, I got, I got orders. When you get your orders, what is that feeling like? Does your stomach sink? Yes, bro. Like your life flash. Like you, you understand. <laughs> it's almost like a jury summons where you can't fucking, you can't, you can't deny that. You, you got to go. Like you can't, I'm sick, I, you know, I can't do jury duty, you know, I don't feel confident enough to be on the jury. No, nigga, you gone. You gone. Like you got orders to, to, to be in a spot, oh, that's your spot. And if you try to run, that's what they call AWOL. Right. And they coming. Right. They, you, might, you might get away, blah, you know, for a couple until they find that track. Once they find that track, boy, them Pathfinders is on your ass. So walk us through uh, your first touchdown and whether where you got sent to Iraq, uh, Kuwait, or where'd you get sent? We to? got sent to Kuwait first. Kuwait. Let's, let's, take, let's, me through the, take me to walking off the plane and getting that desert heat with, Jesus with during a war. First, we made a couple more stops. So I'm not going to divulge the stops where we made. I'll do that off camera or whatever. Uh, due to militaries. Don't, 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 yeah, don't, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not about to do that. But anyways, um, if you know, you know. Anyways, um, yo, when they cracked that goddamn door open, mind you, we've been on a plane for over 18 hours. They tell you, don't take your boots off. Just unlace them. Don't take your fucking boots off. Because if you do, them hoes going to swell up as soon as they cracked them goddamn doors open. Some niggas didn't listen. And it ended up a sick, sick call the next morning. But uh, when they cracked that goddamn door open, bro, and that goddamn heat hit that goddamn... It, mind you, we don't get off like regular passengers. We get off in, in order. 
Shit. And if you in the back, nigga, you gonna have to suffer. You would have wished that you was in the front by the, by the door. But when we got there, they cracked that door, you wouldn't have wished you were sitting right there. It smelled like camel shit, piss, and, and, and hot ass. It was, it was a smell that I could never get out of my nose, ever. I'm sure if you've been to Dubai, if you've been to Kuwait and got off the plane, you know what I'm talking about. Because that shit is different. Especially you can smell pine trees, pecan trees, you know what I'm saying? You can smell good smoke from, from the pit, you know what I mean? You get a, oh, oh, got that. I gotta stay here, how long? No, cuz. No, no. But there ain't shit you can do. So, I need, let me know as far as, um, you know, the first time, you know, overseas in your finest world, walk me through as far as... Uh, you asked me how old I was. How, how old were you first and foremost, yes? I had just turned 18 at home. Uh, I was... We got over there in March. So right before my 19th birthday. A child still. Right, right before my 19th birthday because I turned 20 in Taji. And ta last time I said Taji wrong, I said T-A-Z, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know they own you. I was drunk. <laughs> on my first interview, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I was on that crown. <laughs> was having a good time. But I'm good now though, you know what I'm saying? So it was Taji, T-A-J-I. Iraq. Go look it up. Um, being that young, man, uh, at what point did you see your first dead body or someone get shot or killed? Um, and was it, the, was it someone on our side or someone on their side? First time I saw a casualty. A casualty. I mean, yeah. We're going to be correct with all terms. Correct me if I'm just kind of throwing loose words out there. You hear it. <laughs> <laughs> casualty. The first time I seen a casualty was... Um, Mind you, I'm 18. 18, we get off the plane. My nickname in the battalion was Baby J. I was the youngest kid on the roster. Everybody else was older than me. I was the baby. They treated me like a little baby too. They wanted to make sure I didn't get hurt. Like, nigga, I'm a man. I'm good. I done went to training already. Leave me alone. Let me, oh, I'm a soldier. I can shoot better than anyone of y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm the expert around here. You are young. You are young. Great eyes. And God still gave me these great eyes. And they still could see. Trust me. They work, work, work very well in the dark. But anyways, um, I digress. <laughs> so, um... When we first get there into theater, they brief you. Boom. They give you, they give you the ROEs, which is the rules of engagement, what you can and cannot do in this country, what's allowed in this country, what's uh, not allowed in this country, and the threats that you may, you may see, uh, depending on your MOS or whatever, detect, whatever your battalion or unit assignment is. Because every unit has different assignments, as we all know, as the Saving Private Ryan, you have certain units that that, that did quartermastering. You had certain units that did the, uh, the, 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 the logistics, uh, the, the truck driving, all that other stuff. Uh, the food supply, you know, the communications, you know, 
engineers, you got everybody has their own roles when it comes down to war. And we call it theater. And in theater, anything can happen in theater. You got act ones, two, threes, and fours, and fives, you know what I'm saying? And certain, certain things are labeled certain ways. So when we get there for the briefing, they show us the possibilities and things that we may see. That was the first time we actually seeing casualties. So they show you casualties that's happened real time recently? Yeah. So they're showing you what you're going what to you face, may, okay. what you may encounter in, in, in theater. So what, what do they show you? Like what, what, are they, what are you seeing on screen? Like what, like... The worst thing that really hurt me and is ingrained in my mind right now still to this day was that damn baby. The way they wrapped the baby up with the suicide vest, and they showed us the suicide vest with the men and women. But that baby fucked me up. Um, they wrapped the baby up, put C4 around the rib cage, those C4 packets around the rib cage, and ball bearings were on top of that. Then they had a 50 cal round laying dead center of the baby chest, so the head was up under the baby chin. And then they crossed the baby with um, AK rounds, which is 7.62. 7 they swaddled the baby up, which, you know, they covered the baby up, wrapped the baby tight. And the mother will have a suicide vest on as well, too. <clears throat> and they would let us know during checkpoints, those are the high probabilities that we would have that we would have, um, that we would have numerous casualties because that was the isolated area and a lot of congestion and a lot of people. Um, that shit hurt me though, man. That shit hurt. Yeah. So the mother would walk up in, in the public line, you know what I'm saying? And, um, would be screaming, my baby's sick, my baby's sick, because they know that as U.S. soldiers, we're humanitarian as well, and they use that for one of our weaknesses. And surprise attacks at that time that they did. But man, yeah, that, 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 that's, ingrained, that's ingrained in, in my head, bro. You know what I mean? Right, let's do it like this, man, um, because that in itself is something that the normal person um, is not either prepared to see or probably would never see. And that's the normal American citizen, the average American Period. citizen. Right. Um, was there any active casualties that you saw in the field or were you, you never, you personally never was able to gracefully didn't have to go through that, or did you actually see any active casualties? Yeah, I did. Um, the first one, um, because it's one thing to see it on screen and prepare for it. It's another thing when it actually meets you head on. Um, and that in itself, was that on your side, our side, or was that the other side from what you saw? They side. It was a casualty on their side. This shit was crazy, man. Definitely, man. And just talking about it, replaying it, yeah. this shit. Yeah. Yeah, we don't gotta go too deep in no, that. No, no, I know, I know, I know. It's just, <laughs> yeah, we ain't gotta go too deep in it, but I'm already deep. Yeah, no, we're already here. 
That shit, that shit was crazy. Matter of fact, one of my master sergeants got two off a bridge. They told us to watch out on the bridge. Cause these motherfuckers would get up on the bridge and either trunk rocks to try to make you crash, or they would be lucky enough to have a cache of uh, grenades. Snatch a grenade, chunk a grenade while we're driving. And sometimes it, sometimes it, it hits, sometimes it don't. Can, can you walk through that situation as far as um, the first time you were part of um, like an IED blast or either grenade going off? Because again, it's one thing to, to go through basic training. Yeah. It's another thing to have them prep you with video. And it's another thing to go through the training with fake explosions and everything else like that and never, never understand Never understand, you know, I, the real effects of, of the um, of the explosions. And what are the real effects as far as like the concussion it causes? Yo, the shockwave, fucking crazy. Shockwave. What? How, like how close? You no, know, we we got we got into incidents where we get to, we on a we on the main road. MSR one. And uh, we're trying to get, we're coming from Kuwait to, to where we need to get to. And we, we hear units, we hear units uh, that actually get hit. And we hear units that actually seeing um, possible targets who are, who are planting these IEDs and oh. things like that. So of course we had, we had air support, you know, constantly. And if, if, if we spotted any signs that we were taught to see, we always call it out, call EOD, which is the bomb squad. Yeah. The Hurt Locker, that movie. Yeah. That was like one of the first movies to talk about what we really went through. Yeah. Uh, such as being, such as the EODs, what they gone through and what, what you see with them exploding bombs and everything like that, that shit real, bro. And when they, when the, yo, we got to sit there and wait for them to get there. That might be a couple hours, nigga, and we in the heat. Wow. Like, the hottest it got out there was 155. 155? Five. That sounds unsafe. And me. that's what, full battle rattle. 50 pounds on your chest, 50 pounds on your back. Put your, that's your plates. Your plates and your vest. So yeah, that's, that's 100. You got 100 on your chest right there. You got 200, you got your combat load. Your combat load is 250 rounds. Each soldier has 250 rounds, period, on them at all times. Wow. Then you have your, your NBC mask. Then you have other shit that's on you. Yo, yo full battle rattle, bro, that means you, you ready for anything. And we on the line. Kevlar pot, 10 pounds, and you sucking water up like, like a camel. As soon as you drink it, it's coming out your pores. So 155 was, was, was the hottest it ever got. But just imagine sitting there at 126 degrees for two or three hours waiting on EOD to get there to find out if this is an explosive or if not. Nigga, you were sitting duck for two hours, bro. And y'all do that to for y'all's protection or for the protection of civilians? Civilians and us. Okay, wow. But it's more aimed towards us because we know that they're trying to stop us from doing what we need to do. Yo, I'm gonna tell you one example. We're going down the road. I was a combat driver. They had they had baby boy at the wheel, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Eight, 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 eight. Yo, 
18, 19 year old, 19 year old, little kid, bro, that just graduated, driving down shit he fucking seen in history books. Wow. The Mile of Death, in, in, in the Desert Storm War, they got this spot called the Mile of Death, bro, where our, our A-10 war hogs came in there and tow up Iraq. Tow up the Iraqi army that was going to Kuwait to, to blow up the fucking rest of the oil wells. Mm. When you ride through that shit, we, have to, we rode through out of respect and radio silence. But bro, when I tell you the old vehicles that's there and they done pushed them, pushed them to the side to make a clear path, bro, when I say, you, you can still hear it. After years of that war being over with, you can still hear the warthogs in that ground. You can still hear the people screaming. You can, you can feel it. That shit is like, I can't get that feeling up out of me. And everybody, we all felt it. And we rode in silence for a mile. That shit, and that happened way before we got there. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was Gulf War. That was Daddy Bush. Exactly. You would think they would have cleaned that up or, you know. Clean it up? No, 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 nigga, no. That is a monument that America came through and saved Kuwait because Iraq was coming in and it killed them folks. So are you saying it's ingrained, just the atmosphere? You could just feel the killing and the pain and all just that? Just like folks still feel the JFK spot here in Dallas. Yeah. Just like folks go down to San Antonio and still can hear the shots in the Alamo. So, Just like you still drive down I 183 and still hear Texas Stadium crowd go off. Nah, for real. For the ones who actually been there. Yeah, nah, for real. But yeah. it's ingrained, bro. Yeah, it's ingrained. It's ingrained into nigga. That energy, bro. Ain't talking. Folks talking about energy, you know. That's before I even knew what energy was. <laughs> so so you're young and then you just feel this energy, right? What does that do to your psyche? At the time, I'm young, you know what I'm saying? I'm, you don't, you didn't, what? You what? Like I, it. I'm overseas, nigga. I'm here to kill. Yeah. I've been trained to kill. I've been trained to protect me and mine at all costs. Even if, even as a, if that's if my life. Selfless service. You ever hit anybody with, with your firearm? You ever, huh? the, you, ever, you ever let it go, shot, Hit anybody while overseas? That's uh, my business. Yeah, we're gonna keep it right there. We're gonna keep it right there. While right, I'm just. Have did you and your team ever get ambushed? We always trained for it. Um. So you did you avoid it? Uh, and matter of fact, we was on base one night, and I was doing RTO duties. And uh, every now and then. When the radio come across and we hear the green zone or biop got hit, we knew that we were gonna get hit next because we were what, 15 clicks away. So we knew, we knew that they were coming down the MSR, which is the main supply route. We knew they were coming down that bitch and they were gonna try to hit us too. With the makeshift mortar tubes that they got and the information that we got dealing with that type of shit. Um, so we, we braced ourselves, we prepared for, for certain shit like that, but Nigga, this night that I'm about to talk about, 
I don't think nobody was prepared for this shit. So what they had is <clears throat> in Taji was a place called uh, Tomahawk Village. And Tomahawk Village was a little isolated place for us engineers that, that First Cav gave us. Shout out to the First Cav, First Cavalry Division out there in Killeen, Texas, baby, you know what I'm saying? Hood. Mm-hmm. So, um, God damn it, what yeah, is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah. What know. is that? <laughs> I dealt with mugs yeah, before. I don't know what that is. That's a big ass moth, whatever it I'm is. Glad you saw it. Glad I got good eyes. <laughs> yeah, per- peripherals is good, you hear me? Try it if you want to. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so they got us out there, this little isolated area on the base, right? And a couple, a couple clicks down, a couple, couple miles down, um, Special Forces was training the Iraqi National Army. And that shit was crazy too, to see these Special Forces guys just pull up, you know what I'm saying? And he busted that fast motherfucking tiles, but I'm talking about them whole gangster. That was a time when we had to have our own armor. When that's when Donald Rumsfeld was, was promising the people that, you know, the soldiers would be driving in with up-armored vehicles and AC and all this other shit. But we cut our own armor out of quarter, I ain't gonna say quarter inch steel, uh, 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 inch and a half, inch and a half steel, bro. Oxacetylene torches, we had to literally cut our door shapes and cut our own armor out, nigga. And bolted to the goddamn Humvees and the PLS trucks that we had, the dump trucks that we had, bro. Yes. Damn. So they lied to the people. Do you feel like America supplied you guys well? Your first tour, I mean, your your during that tour. Now, mind you, this is, this is the second wave. So the so the first, the, my original unit, they had it. They had a terrible. They, um, this that this war was. We wasn't ready for this war. Yeah. We were a, a, a weapons of mass destruction, as President Bush Jr. said. Yeah, we were. But uh, we didn't find no weapons of no mass destruction, sir. So, sorry, we didn't find no weapons. We found some oil and some money, in the, and some money in the banks. But, oh, yeah. but other than that, I, I don't know. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Oh, and th- thank, th- thank you, thank, thank you, Mr. Bush, for for the beers you sent to us on Thanksgiving. That was great. Well, we ain't had alcohol in a long time, but thank you, Mr. Bush. Did you feel a way, um, and I just hate to side note this one, but I'm just curious. Did you feel a way when Kanye said George Bush don't like black people? And he was talking about Katrina, but I'm just curious. Did you feel a way when he said that based on kind of what you experienced out there? What I experienced with Kanye talking about is two different fucking things. Yeah, that war was his daddy's war. Do you feel, do you feel that was... What did you feel? Was that like the rhetoric going around, like we're fighting his daddy's war? Especially after they caught him, because he was like, "Nigga, we shouldn't be here." Like, while why we're here, they already caught him, and we turned them over to his people. Why the fuck is we still here, bro? But everybody remember that's when Halliburton got big. Halliburton got big. I'm gonna tell you his story right here, bro. And I would like to take a break, um, but. Uh, so we was over there, right? And they were first feeding us with these fucking, I don't know who these government caterers were, bro. K- KBR. KBR before uh, Halliburton took over. But um, these caterers, bro, they was the most suckiest child ever, dog. 
And we complained to Sergeant Majors, we complained to the, the, the brass, bro, like, nigga, this might be our last fucking day out here, bro. Like, we got comrades out here fucking dying from rogue fucking mortar shells and shit. And y'all feeding us, oh, boiled up ass hamburgers and hot dogs and shit. Like, no. Nigga, we your soldiers, bro. Like, we supposed to be, nigga, this might be our last fucking meal. What a steak and goddamn crab legs and shit. When they got that news, and that shit went to the top. Because mind you, like I said, my, my original unit, they had a terrible. They had the they had the boil patties, they had the fucking nigga, it was fucking they mad, bro. Pissed off. To be treated like soldiers, you know what I'm saying? They gotta stay in tents with no AC. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And gotta try to find ice to fucking cool cool off and shit. Then when we came in, things got a little bit better. That's when Halliburton started coming in. Halliburton started to fucking buy enough food and shit. That's when we started getting crab legs, steak, nigga, filet mignon, nigga. I'm talking about for fish, nigga, breakfast out the fucking world, nigga. You want an omelet today? You want, you want everything on it? Because we got a whole spread. Like, you, we can't have no ham out here because ain't no pork out here in this, in, this, uh, in, the, in this Muslim country. Halliburton. But, yo, shout out to Halliburton with the great... Nigga, y'all fed us like it was our last fucking meal. And we, that, yo, that, that boosted morale. Tell you the goddamn truth. When they, when, they, when they say that you need to feed your soldiers, bro, to have them happy and operate in shitty ass fucking conditions, my nigga, that is so goddamn true. You can't feed a soldier motherfucking McDonald's every day. Mm. You gotta get a nigga steak or something every now and then. Gotta get a nigga real, real eggs, some beans, nigga. Talk about it. Something. Like, like, you gotta get a nigga something. Something. McDonald's every day? Nigga, hell no, nah, nigga. You want me to do what? <laughs> Stand where and what? Almost die for who? Nigga, hell no. You better give me one of these delicious Angela cookies. Angel's cookies, I'm sorry. Angel's cookies shop. Facts. On Instagram. Facts. I got damn good cookie. Facts. I done changed the slogan, my bad. I had a question uh, in regards to, you, you mentioned uh, Saddam Hussein. Yep. What were your thoughts when uh, Osama bin Laden was caught, uh, of course, by the uh, uh, Obama administration. C captured and killed. He wasn't captured. He was killed. No, not even captured yet. They didn't capture him. Uh, how I feel about it, it's long overdue. Bush could have pulled the trigger. Delta team had him greenlit two miles. And that was going to be the longest shot. He didn't want to give it to them boys. To the Delta Force, old old baby Bush, and, and and there's stories out there about it. there's there's the soldiers who there were soldiers out there who wrote who had written books about that. Um, so if y'all interested in that, y'all can go Google it, research it for yourselves. But uh, yeah, how do I feel about President Obama finally getting Osama? To America, it felt like closure to an era that we, because you know, it was always put on a Bin Laden, then it shifted to Saddam Hussein. But it was always Bin Laden that Bro, was, it always shifts. It always shifts. Period. I'm not even about to go back into the history of the shit, but yeah, it. I'm going to call it what it is because I didn't serve up under uh, President Obama. It was, it was puppet mastery, bro. Just like with Bush, puppet mastery. 
it was a way to find them a quick way to get a dog off. And they found it real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I always thought it was more beneficial to let the war prolong. Of course it was. Yeah, like, let's not say we killed... Uh, bin Laden. Yeah, Bin Laden. But like, you had to. You had to, because now you can call all the bad men and also think... I hate to say this, bro. But let's also think about who's on that list under President Obama. His administration? Who's also on that list of dead folks under President Obama? Gaddafi, bro. Gaddafi, yeah. They try to paint that man as an evil man even if he did kill his own people, America kills their own people. Every other country kills their own people. That man was trying to unif unify Africa for a currency for Africa. That's facts, that's facts. And they don't want that, bro. Because they know if Africa has one currency, it's gonna rule everybody. And it hurts because, yo, from our so-called first African-American president, which is not, but our first African-American president to kill another African president who's trying to unify Africa? Bro, that's fucked up. Nah, for real. Um, man, that's a whole nother. Oof. That's a whole nother. And that opens up a can of worms. What? That opens up a can of worms. Man, I'm curious as far as you were you were overseas you were overseas for how long? Fifteen months in theater and three months outside of theater, getting ready to come back home. So a total in uh a total eighteen months overseas. So I'm just curious. And how it was only supposed to be twelve months, but it got extended. And then it got extended again. How does one, or how do yourself or others, how do they handle relations out there? Like, is it with other officers? Is it, uh, is it with the people, common folk? I mean, how, how does one, uh, you know, you're young, you know, goddamn it, you're young, and uh, you know, man has needs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was a wise young man, because they also, when you get there for briefings, they tell you there's some things out there that'll put you on a certain island where you'll never come back. And they call that so-called island Black Ball Island, where folks who catch black syphilis never come back to regular civilization. And it's a real place. Black syphilis. <laughs> what, 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 I mean, syphilis Google has, it. Yeah, but I say syphilis has a color. Nigga, nigga, the pictures they show you. The what's out there, the gonorrhea's, the, the the claps, as we all know from Platoon, you know, you get them soldiers burning, you know, yeah. That, that, yeah, I done, I done heard stories about, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a lot of promiscuous stuff going on out there, because, you know, it might be niggas' last day. Yeah, so did you ever have uh, uh, someone no. that, okay, so you didn't have no. It was Rosie Palm and Cocoa Butter. <laughs> Rosie Palm and Cocoa Butter, shout out to the Jurgens. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> 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 Don't get me wrong, I was trying to get out there and get, <laughs> get me, give me some of that cat out there that was out there, but hey, some of that cat was ran through. There, oh, yeah, so I was going to ask, like, about the other officers, the other 
Like, do people have relations with other yeah, officers? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's supposed they got in trouble behind that shit too. Officers are not supposed to fraternize with with enlisted and vice versa. But you know, niggas are human beings. You know what I'm saying? Can Males a soldier talk with a soldier though? Like, a soldier can talk with a soldier as long, have, as, long, as long as he's not in the same fucking unit. Oh, can't, it can't unit. be. You can't, you can't be married in the same unit. Let me put it to you like that. The reason behind that conflict is of interest. Conflict of interest. And then also, you know. If both of them died, then who get paid? Ah, yeah, that makes sense. So unit to unit, people were able to say, "Hey, we're out here. Well, you know, my 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 lady, my oh, girl." Oh, it was hooked. It was a hookup sessions, my nigga. Hey, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking about some bad. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you might you might go to Chaha. I'm like, God damn, baby. What unit? You, oh, you with the oh you with the medical corps? What well, shit? Where the nurses at? Oh, this is the whole table full of nurses. Hey, baby. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a documentary about the Iraqi war, and they said that all soldiers that on the Iraq's side they're gay. Is that is that a thing, brother? When I tell you we worked with some local nationals, and every Tuesday and Thursday was freaky freaky day. I don't have partners that were on assignment to guard these local nationals that come and work for us because we gave our contracts to build shit for us and you know help out the community you know what i'm saying if you, you know just like the day workers out here you know what i mean you go you go in your home depot there's a whole bunch of day workers outside there would be day workers outside our gates that knew we had bread because we're american and they knew that you know we hire cheap labor as long as they can pass a certain certain amount of tests you know what i'm saying which is a physical test and make sure that you ain't a part of the, the niggas that come inside the fence and mark off shit and, and calculate it and blow some shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like the defect explosion that happened when we was there. And that shut down a lot of shit. <clears throat> Such as the, the little markers that we had with the, with the Bryland watches and, and, and ooh, God damn, that shit got me a leather coat from over there. Cause I still have it to this day. That'll be 20 years prestige. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but didn't, I didn't see it, not one cow. I don't know where they were getting the leather from. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about some shit right now. Where the fuck they get the leather from? And the chicken. There was no chicken out there, but they sold the chicken. But anyways, yeah. Just some crazy shit, bro. But um, man, some crazy shit. Freaky Fridays, nigga. And it was, it was dope. Freaky, freaky, Mr. Mr. Freaky, freaky. Nigga, you... Come to me while I see that shit around me, nigga. My pot is Sergeant Davis had to had to cock one on one of them. You know what I'm saying? Say, hey, no. Say. Don't do that here. That's crazy. You do that outside the gate, not in here. <laughs> but yeah, so so that was a that was a that was that was a kind of a cultural thing there for the young men because, you know, they would arrange marriages there, they would do a, a lot of other things, but between the ages of 16 to 18 that shit would go down. And even some of the older men who was not assigned to marriage or whatever, they, they, would, do, they would do shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was a lot of gay shit going on out there. Matter of fact, there's a story in the Stars and Stripes. I hate to say this story, but it was so fucked up. Where a soldier was training uh, Iraqi National Guardsmen on how to be at a tower and watch the perimeter and stuff like that. So it was one of them days. It was a freaky, freaky day, you know. And you know, you gotta be in that tower up there for twelve hours. I don't know what was going on in that man's head. He had a wife and two two baby girls at home. 
So what happened was uh, in the story in, in the Stars and Stripes, um, they had an interaction. It was mutual. Uh, started by the Ameri American soldier. Shit went down. After it went down, he thought about it. My wife and kids can't know nothing about this shit. So as they were sitting there contemplating what happened, he pulled out his side piece and shot the young man in the head. After that, he sat there and waited for his relief to come with the food, you know, because, you know, you sit up to 12 hours, you can't go out and go get no food and nothing like that, so food coming to you. And nine times 10, it's your sergeant who's, you know, sergeant watching, he's got to, you know, maintain everybody, make sure everybody's still awake in the towers and make sure, you know, they're on, they on game. He go and deliver the food, do the check or whatever, and notice that the fucking kid dead. So immediately called the MPs, MPs come up there, grab him, take him away. And they ask him, why'd you do that? And in, in the papers, his, his statement was he didn't want his wife and kids to know what happened. And one of the investigators asked him, well, why didn't you keep it to yourself until you died? He said, I, 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 I couldn't do it because, you know, I looked at a picture of him as soon as it was over with. God damn. So now that man is sitting in Leavenworth for the rest of his life. Did that happen often where um, someone would probably be married back home? And something will happen overseas, and then the counterpart will find Yo, out. Yo, do y'all remember Black Hawk Down? Yeah, yeah. Do y'all remember when Sarge or one of the soldiers, one of the Rangers, got his favorite movie from his wife? Yeah. Remember when he played that movie? Yeah, it was, it was her fucking neighbor. Yeah. And he also got a letter, which is called a Dear John letter. And that Dear John letter, that shit happens for real, bro. Explain the Dear John letter. Dear John letter is when, when you're a woman and you think everything's sweet and gravy and everything, you know, I can't wait to go home to, to babe and baby. Oh, man. Oh, I know she's doing the best thing. I know she's taking care of the home. I know she's doing everything she can possibly can. I know she misses me and everything. Man, I miss you, man. Then the next thing you get a letter from Jane. We sing Jody songs, and they call Jody songs for a reason. <laughs> yeah, Jody. So we sing Jody songs for a reason while we marching. And what I'm saying that, you know, you got a girl back home, you know, you know she ain't alone. You know what I'm saying? But you out here fighting this war, and you can't wait to get home. You know what I'm saying? Some shit like that. But you get a letter from, 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 from Jody, and Jody said, hey, private such and such is tapping his ass, or your neighbor tapping his ass, or your brother is tapping his ass. Or your best friend tapping his ass. Cause you can't be here. And you can't do nothing about it. It's niggas that really go out there trying to kill themselves or actually kill themselves. Because their home is fucked up. And they can't do shit about it. They can't go home and rectify it. They can't go home. They can't even fucking sometimes we had all fucking communication blackout where you could not. So you just got that damn letter. That letter took fucking three weeks to get to you because we way overseas. Right. Damn. And you moving post to post. Yeah, three weeks a long time. To... Then you finally get to a, 
uh, a main duty station or a main fob, a forward operating base, you get to your main house, and now all of a sudden your mail get there and you find out, oh shit. Don't talk to me, Sarge. Yeah, shit, shit go down, bro. Like, I ain't gonna say my Sarge's name. Sarge, if you see this, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Um, call me. <laughs> and I ain't saying your name for a reason because I love you. So, Sarge, I'm gonna keep it like that. Sarge, um, <laughs> He couldn't take it being in the field no more. <laughs> so he, t he turned in his weapon to First Sergeant and told First Sergeant, go fuck off. Don't come to my room looking for me, some bitch, because I'm done. First Sergeant said, no, fuck you not. We're in war. We're in combat. And Sergeant said, fuck you. Literally, bro, marched back to a goddamn barracks and locked himself in. It was like, he, he got to come out. He coming out for food. Sarge didn't come out. So they finally forced their way into goddamn Sarge, motherfucking, uh, <laughs> into his trailer, bro. <laughs> Sarge, you played that shit well, man. So Sarge, man, was in the bed. When they finally got in there, arms folded. This nigga had, hold on. Do I got some? Nah, I ain't got nothing. This nigga had coins, nigga. Oh, <laughs> over his eyes. Oh, he going old school. What? And when the door opened, he didn't breathe. <laughs> so they came in there, check it out, check it out. You're first time in the So they finally get there. But at this time, <laughs> when first I ran up out of screaming, hollering, Sarge took a more breath. <laughs> and then as soon as first I turned around, he <laughs> held it again. I said, hell no, nah, we gotta get this nigga out of here. We gotta get this nigga out of here. <laughs> like, this nigga playing dead. No, get him out of here. So they got Sarge up out of there, you know what I'm saying? Wait, they, yeah. they didn't question how the coins got on his eyes in the first goddamn place. They know he placed the coins on his <laughs> eyes, man. Get your ass! The only way you could lock the door is in inside the room, my nigga. And you had the only key. You oh, thought you had the only man. key. No. Oh, that's... <laughs> first one had keys to everybody's trailer just in case some shit happened. You know, so you know they opened up the goddamn tunnel on his ass. Wait, so was AWOL a, a common thing? Like, just somebody just saying, "Fuck it," like just fuck Yo, it, like fuck this. Before, before I'm we, leaving. Fuck it. Yeah, before we um before we left to come to go to theater, bro. Like, um, it was a couple cats. You know, uh, they train us before we before we leave country to make sure that we're know how to acclimate, know how to operate. You know, certain formations while we're driving and shit. And shit changes daily. You know what I'm saying? So you constantly gotta learn that shit gonna change. Matter matter of seconds, shit can change. You know what I'm saying? We, you know you're on one mission, but you have to you have to prepare for the worst. And I think that's one of the problems that one of the problems, and I'm gonna say it right now. 
my soon-to-be ex-wife um, always talked about. She would talk about uh, me getting upset when the schedule is off, me getting upset when there's a fucking automatic change in the system or, or, or the way we're rolling or moving. Um, yeah, that's true because I'm punctual. I gotta be there on time. I gotta understand what's going on because it's, it's been trained in me. It's been, it's been built inside of me to, to be those type of ways. So of course they would tick me off and irritate me to the point where, yo, I would, I would get, I would get irritated. But anyways, um, back to, uh, back to what? No, I was gonna say I was watching a movie and they would say there's no cowards in war. There is. Do you think there is? Fuck yeah, it is. Okay. When you get the call, everybody get to the line, nigga, and your ass is, uh, uh, I'm scared. Bitch, you better get to the fucking line, nigga. If not, there's some hell to pay. There's some hell to pay. Tell, tell um, me. And back, back to the AWOL. That's where we was at. Oh, yeah, the AWOL. AWOL. Uh, uh, like I was saying, uh, I'm sorry, y'all. I had a brain fart. Uh, back, back to the AWOL. There was cats before we went into theater. Like I said, we was doing all the training to get ready to go and learn how to live day by day. And when situations change, you, you adapt to the change. Um, there was cats, bro. We would get out of training. And they would give us some, a break time to go call our families and shit like that. That nigga be homesick, bro. Yeah. And we got a formation where they do number count before we go to bed. And niggas would be not there. Wow. Where, where, where they go? They just burn off. Like they tell they the car. Tell they family, meet me at this gate <laughs> at this time. I'm not doing this shit no more. Baby, you get trouble. Fuck it. So wait, it's easy to go AWOL in the States. Yeah. Can it can you go AWOL overseas? Like, like man, like just like, No, just, nigga. Like just, I'm just And if you do Ooh, you know what? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can, because it it was a couple stories of that going down. Yeah, like no, 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 they'll, they'll find you. What your DNA? Your DNA is on log, nigga. Oh shit! Your fingerprints is log, nigga. Even if you go get constructive surgery or whatever, which you gotta have a whole bunch of fucking money for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Y'all gonna blend in, nigga? No, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're not. It's like even for the old vet, Vietnam vets. You know the ones that stayed over there and never came home. Mm-hmm. Them niggas know they over there. That's their decision they want to stay. That's like if a nigga want to be AWOL in Iraq, nigga, that's your decision. You nigga, once you do that, nigga, you ain't got no ties nowhere. You ain't got no passport. You ain't got nothing, nigga. You on your own. See, I, see, I ain't coming to get you because you ain't a part of them either. Don't even think about going to U.S. Embassy either, nigga. Because if you if you go there, nigga, you definitely getting locked up, and you going and you going to Leavenworth for AWOL in inside theater, nigga. That's punishable by death, bro. They can actually take you outside and go pow. In theater? In war? Wartime? And you done already crossed that line too? Uh, nigga. What happened to him? Oh, he went missing in action. God damn it. God damn. He walked over that goddamn mine. We told him not to go that way. Man, you hear about you hear a whole bunch of stories about uh fraternization. You know, back in the Nam times and Saying where the officers would get on their goddamn enlisted who've been there in the jungle for you know, and these brand new kids that come out of war college 
I studied this and I know what's going on. Okay, motherfucker, show us. And then they go tell the nigga they just planted fresh mines over there. But everybody else know already, right? They let that shit go down. Oh, you want to lead us, huh? Well, lead us. Go, go, lead us. Well, tell, tell them where you want to go. Watch this motherfucker. Man. You following? Yes, sir, we following. We were right behind you, sir. But go ahead. Boom, I told nigga where my money at, god damn it. We got to get a new one tomorrow, watch. I guarantee we'll get the same dummy. I'm telling you, I heard veteran Vietnam best tell me stories like this, bro. Wow. I used to work with a coward. And there are cowards. That's why I said there are cowards. I used to work with a coward, bro. He was a non-vet. This pussy. This pussy, bro. I'm a Marine. I'm a Marine. I'm a Marine. So I got him to tell me his story. I said, I said what, 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 where'd you go? I went to Nam. You know, I just graduated from college and RLTC and I, and I got my I got my uh, commission through, 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 through the university I went through. And then after I got my commission, I knew what I wanted to do and I went straight in. Great, bro. So what did you do? I got out. How'd you get up? I got injured. Oh, damn. Damn, that's some fucked up shit, bro. Now, how'd you get injured? I shot myself. God. God damn it. I said, you with the bitch way up? I sure fucking did. I said, you can never say you a devil dog, bro. I'm not even a fucking Marine. And if I was a Marine, I would whoop your motherfucking ass, bro. Who do you think you talk to, you, you, you young punk? You bitch. Nigga, I served my country, my nigga. No, he shot himself in the foot. He said he got orders when he got when he got when he got to his his new unit after after coming from graduating. He got orders. He met, met he said he met with the CEO, the battalion commander, the commanders. He met he met everybody he's supposed to meet. They gave him his orders. He was assigned to a recon unit, and they were going in the bush the next day. This motherfucker said, fuck, no, I got a mama to go home to. He said, hey, we went to my room and caught the guy, some bitch and said, fuck it, bah! He said, he walked out. God damn it. He walked out, bro. Hey, what's up? My gun went off. No, bitch, you shot yourself. So when they found that out, this nigga can't never get his fucking benefits. And everybody who know him fucking hates him. Because that shit's real, bro, like... You, nigga, you just betrayed not just yourself. You betrayed your country. You betrayed your, your, your the people that you went to school with, nigga. You betrayed, you betrayed, you betrayed them colors, nigga. You can't claim them colors no more. That's that's like going out here and 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 portraying, you know, that that you was soldier and you ain't. Niggas get beat up for that. Especially if we done lost brothers and comrades, nigga, right next to it, bro, nigga. You will die because there's blood on our hands and in our faces <laughs> trying to save your best friend. Real shit. I had a, a female friend and she said that she was sexually assaulted yeah. at war. Yeah. Is that a, a big that's a, thing? That's a big thing. And, that's a big thing. You got, and that's another reason, that's another reason why uh, uh, Rosie Palm and Cocoa Butter was my friend. 
because I wasn't about to get involved in no shit like that because it was some niggas that was out there doing shit like that. Matter of fact, that's how Fallujah started. Why don't y'all tell the truth? That Marine unit went out there and had a night of fun. They knew the elders were out and all the young men were out doing the meeting. They kicked the door open. Ran into a house where all the women and young girls were and had fun with them. And left them there. Battered and bruised. Beat up, sexually assaulted. They took care of that unit though. But that's how Fallujah really started. The elders found out and went through the streets and didn't want, didn't want our help no more and started shooting at us. At the Marines. Yeah. And, and as always, Army has to come in and clean up and fix the, the civil situation. They call us the cleanup crew. Uh, I, I understand it now. We are the cleanup crew for, for the dog shit that's been left behind these devil dogs. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's some good devil dogs out there, but ain't nothing really good with the word devil attached to anything. So, What are your thoughts on the Abu Ghraib Gra- Abu prison situation? That's they shit. I don't know. There's Americans that were... The Navy runs that shit. I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> Different... <laughs> Different brand. Yeah. Throw them over there. Right. Even though my cousin was a Navy SEAL, but that's a different branch. Okay. Yeah, we're going to leave it over there. Yeah, with the Marines. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get me wrong. I love y'all draw heads. Right. I love my Marine brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? Special ones I know. I, I love y'all. Definitely. But uh, them crazy motherfuckers that do crazy shit, y'all know the ones I'm talking about. There's some in the Army too. Don't get me wrong. There's some in every fucking branch. Some in every branch. So, I just got to get your mindset on it because you're fighting for your country. Yeah. Um, you watch a situation like um, D-Day mm-hmm. where um, we stormed the Normandy front and you see men, you know, drop. just drop right when they get off the boat. Yeah. Um, and t- tell me this because, again, you know, we're civilians technically in this yeah. regards. Um, you're fighting for your country and I'm assuming they put you through basic training. You go, you know, you're about to get shipped off. In your head, you're mentally prepared or the company's mentally prepared to just walk into open fire like how they did in D-Day. Let me tell you this. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, that's what it was. To do it for your country, like to walk off and say, 30 men just fell in front of me. I'm going to, in order to complete this mission, I'm going for it as well. And hopefully it just doesn't happen to me. So in basic training... You go through a, a certain sim, similar situation like that. You go through a certain uh, situation like that, such as D-Day. <laughs> and it's called a night fire exercise. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's a, the night fire exercise where they actually have three platforms above an area where they pile us into this trench like, yo, the first platoon is there. You got, you got four platoons in basic training, you know what I'm saying? So I was a part of first platoon, I had friends in second, third, and fourth. So when we get there, you know, they, they break you up into your platoons and they, uh, you, go, you go in numeric order. Yeah. So first platoon get in there and we don't know where the fuck we at, it's nighttime, bro. But they told us some shit was gonna go down tonight and everything that we had learned with the, the beginning of the week, such as the low crawl and crawl up under um, barbed wire and all this other shit. Now we, now we have to utilize that, that the training that we have into this learning situation. 
into this learning situation. And um, they put us in this trench. It's a concrete trench. And, and we sit there. And some of us don't know what's going on, but I knew what was going on because I've actually had friends that actually got through basic training and told me. And again, once again, been through ROTC and, and talked to a whole bunch of recruiters and got in reserves, learned a lot of shit, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Bro, we in this trench. And they tell us, you got to get to the other side. You got to get to what other side? Everything you learned, you need to utilize it. What you, what you mean, your son? They blow the whistle. And shut the door behind you. Boom! Lock that bitch. Clink! Yeah. We look like, we got to get out of what? And everybody, next you know, all you sudden you hear, they got three saws over us, bro. Live ammunition. Shooting at another target. So now you have to learn how to how to move past bullets. Now you gotta learn. And then, then there's also uh, um, explosions to, to mimic um, actually D-Day, you know what I'm saying? The mines and 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 and, and um, a lot of a lot of the propane explosions to mimic IEDs and mortar rounds coming in and stuff like that. So dude, you get noise and shock all in your face and chaos because now we locked in this motherfucking pit, bro. And nobody know how we gotta get out. But he told us how to get out. You gotta crawl out and get out. So that means everybody gotta crawl to this trench, to the tip of the trench, nigga, and low crawl. And why these motherfuckers just shooting over you? You hear them. I'm talking about. And you hear the bullets. And as it's going on, boom, boom, boom. And drill sergeant is screaming, get the fuck out the pit. Move, son. Low crawl now. Get the fuck. Don't you pick your head up. You pick your head up, your ass is grass. It's literally. And literally, bro, your ass is grass if you stand up. That could cause PTSD right there. Right? Period. Yeah. And there's actually been, was it the class after us or two classes after us? I think it was two, two classes after us. Uh, one of the tripods. God bless the dead, a young soldier who was a recruit, was going through basic training. Um, one of the tripods on the saw, which is a squad automatic weapon, which is a M249. And one of the tripods was not locked in correctly. And it dipped. Boom. When it dipped, he shot a fucking line and he shot the soldier in the back. So that soldier got dealt with because he didn't properly make sure that his equipment was set. So he got in trouble on top of killing a, 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 a future soldier who didn't finish yet and wounding a couple others because of a simple fucking snap in your goddamn tripod. You gotta make sure your shit's set before you even load any fucking weapon, period. That's nothing they train us in. So you got all this goddamn training and you let that bitch slipping. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nigga, you, your ass is grass. What happens to you after you do some shit like that? When you say he got like dealt with, oh, his ass is grass. I'm talking about he lost rank. He got kicked out. Like he went had to go serve time. Oh, straight up. Damn, damn. Ain't no oops. Uh, Try it again, niggas. Oops, your ass is breaking big rocks to little rocks. Have you seen the movie Castle? They had Fort Leavenworth breaking big rocks into little rocks. Yeah, y'all go Google that movie. That's a great yeah, movie, great Castle. Movie. Uh, I believe Robert Redford. But yeah, he was a general that got in trouble. Very good. 
And everybody was saluting him, you know, and he got that that the prison in order. But anyways, yeah. So Goma, now you're you're a veteran now, man. Um, the, these stories, and you know, thank you for you know just you know the vividness in which you speak because these are things that again normal people just probably wouldn't be around and just to even kind of get your recounting of it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, there's 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 good times. I'm talking about salsa night, nigga was off the chain. Salsa. What I learned how to salsa from the from the fucking firefighters from uh, uh, Puerto Rico. I was I, I was on I had to be I was fortunate enough to be on base in Iraq with the uh, 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 Puerto Rican National Guard, which which were a group of firefighters that ran a, ran a firehouse in in combat. Did yeah. it? Did they have like uh, the the USO uh, where they bring like you know rappers and wrestlers and yeah they had that they they brought some folks out there um, is that I don't remember does that who even brought... inspire people like oh America depending on who it was okay like I mean if it was Jack shut up Gerald um, <laughs> if it was like a Kanye or something which they don't really do shit like that but uh, we had certain folks come who came out there. Um, you like you see, you got the country guys that come out there for the boys that love country. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of a lot of good old boys. Um so like that's in the the low the low end rappers more so or, or the, the Dolly Pardons and shit like that, you know, the old head that they you know, the old, <laughs> old brass like, you know what I mean? It's, it wouldn't be no little little baby or the baby out there, nothing like right. you know what I'm saying? Cause matter of fact, who was popping back then? That's what CDs was jumping to, dog. Um it's not like we would have seen Outkast come out there. You don't get like a DMX, Dang. something small. Which that would be great. That'd be great. Hey, that inspires. Me. But I guess the USO don't have enough money to cut them that check. Not true. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. They got me now, but you would think they'll do. But that's government issue. Yeah. Ah, you didn't different. know that, huh? Different. Yeah, different. So, go uh, back. I gotta ask you: Do you? Do you currently suffer from PTSD? Yes, um, I and do. how often does it come? Daily. What triggers you at times? Uh, just normal thought, just uh, <clears throat> car car pops, uh, when the tire busts or something? I mean, when the, uh, the muffler? It, de- it, de- it depends on the situation. Um, when I first came home, trash used to fucking trigger me. Oh, the trash. Uh, what? Like the trash the trash, day? Trash, the trash, on, trash on the road, trash day. Oh. Uh, um, With trash um, on the road? Would, Damn. Bro, one of the things they used to do is if an animal died, like a donkey or whatever, like they was carrying us, whatever, camel, whatever, they would gut that bitch, bro, put bombs in them hoes, nigga, and set them on the side of the road. They were ambushes with kids, bro. Like, how the kids run up to us, Mr. Mr. Hungry, Hungry, feed, feed, please, please, please. And next thing you know, the kids would be running off. Like, where the fuck they, where the fuck they going? <laughs> RPG coming in. Thank God them niggas couldn't shoot. Thank God they can't shoot. Was the Iraqi army mostly young men? Of course. Trying to get paid. Trying to help feed their family. I think about that shit today. Nigga, if that shit happened here, nigga, it'd be a whole bunch of niggas sign up to protect their hood. So that, that's all I was going to end with. But before, I, before, yeah, yeah. before we end with that... Um, the PTSD that you experienced, like something as simple as something in the road. Um, yeah, trash used to bother me a lot. Um, trash bags. Um, 
And in a certain way that I like to drive, I ain't gonna tell nobody. But uh, we do the off camera. But um, and it's for certain reasons because they they taught us that way. But um, yo, uh, loud loud some loud noises get me get me a little startled. Um, I can tell the sound from a firecracker, the gun. I learned that over there. I learned because uh, they do a lot of celebrating with weapons, which is common. It's common. With, 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 with tribes and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Wedding, you're going to hear fucking AKs go off and little pistols every now and then. You know what I mean? But to understand what kind of caliber that is, and you know what I mean? Yes. Like you do out here for, for New Year's. You know, everybody get inside. The niggas just shooting fireworks. And everybody needs to get inside because that's a nine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> the goddamn somebody shoot an F and N out here. Yeah, everybody get inside. That <laughs> bitch coming down somewhere. Cause it sound like he raised that bitch in there and not at the ground. Goddamn it. You know exactly. I mean? Jesus. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, take the wheel. <laughs> Please, Lord. Um, Hurry up. So medication um yep. helps? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes, it does. Uh I deal with PTSD. I build I, I deal with due, due to combat. I deal with uh, depression. I deal with anxiety. Uh, the medication is predominantly for my uh, anxiety. I had that because of PTSD as well, too. Uh, but, dude, medicine, medication is great. Medication is great. I have one more question before we get out of here. Um, you ever heard of Nicholas Irvin? Sounds familiar. A sniper, black yeah. sniper. Yeah, yeah. Right. He, in, in the Vlad interview, he said that he, had, he, he shot some rounds that if it goes by you close enough, it doesn't hit you, it'll take off your arm. Yes, sir. That is that is the 50 cal uh, uh, ammunition round. Yes, and he, since he was a sniper, yes, sir. That high cal caliber round and that high velocity round, nigga. Yeah, like you said, that bitch grazes you. It's taking, if it grazes you, you know, nigga, ah, nigga, I got a flesh wound. Let that be a fucking 50 cal and your arm been ripped off because the velocity and the fucking momentum behind that bitch, I've actually seen people turn into puddles. You can see it too. I'll send you the link. Oh man. Um, and uh, one last one uh, was right now they say China's gearing citizens ready to fight the U.S. or just fighting wars. You know now they're doing uh, what they call it uh, like a, you know a draft basically, but they're also just mandating that uh, America hasn't seen a draft since the seventies. Um, but what are your thoughts on the idea of drafting civilians to fight in wars? It's not gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you why it's not gonna happen. Remember, they tried to do that shit with Iraqi freedom. But guess what? Congress stopped it because they started thinking about their kids, their grandkids, that would be caught up in that draft and been sent over too. So that's one reason it's not gonna happen. Number two, I feel that China is great, such as discipline. Think about it, bro. If we did the same shit that they doing, taking these youth adolescents and training them and putting them into karate classes at the school where you can't go home. You gotta learn these skills before you can go home. That's what they do in China. They teach their kids at a young age. Yeah, you nigga, uh, that's why schools are all year round over there. So they will have a regular school year and then the, the, the school year after that would be 
at, at, a, at a karate school or something like that to teach them discipline or teach them art because that's what it is. It's art. So just think about our art schools here, bro. Our little dance academies where we take our little, little daughters, nieces, or baby cousins too. Think about what they're doing. They're not teaching them something. And every time they teach them how to be disciplined on how to dance, they teach them how to be disciplined on how to do the ballet or gymnastics, whatever, whatever the class is, ice skating, whatever the class is, cooking, whatever the class is. They're teaching them something. And what happens at the end? There's always what? A recital or a show. Or, or this is what we've learned. Yo, if we if we did that in our fucking public schools, bro. Oh yeah, no. Like it would be great. We'd be the greatest country in this world. Cause everybody would know how to talk to everybody. Everybody would know how to respect everybody. Everybody wouldn't be fucking telling everybody's fucking business like that. Everybody would be, nigga, this would be a great, it would be a great harmony. We wouldn't be worrying about what bathroom can I use? Or or can or is is can I have a baby? Or how many babies can I have? You know, they deal with that shit because of population. They deal with that shit because, yo, they, they run out of space. Let's be real. They run out of fucking space, bro, livable space. I don't think you would want to live in the uh, what is that? Not the sub-Saharan. Uh, what, what is that? What is that? The uh, the sub Siberian desert or whatever the fuck oh, it yeah, is up there. Uh, yeah, no, 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 up there, up there in, in Asia. Uh, oh, the the tundra, the yeah, whatever. The, what nigga? The, they ain't got no livable space. Right, <laughs> right. If they did, they wouldn't care how many kids the folks have well, have over there. But we ain't thinking about that. We over here fighting about abortion. We're over fighting about all these specific rights. If a baby can go do whatever the hell they want to do because they see it on TV type shit. What if we took that all that shit out and taught them, this is how you wash your ass. This is how you clean a tomato. This is how you cook a tomato. Matter of fact, this is how the fuck you grow a tomato. Man. This is how you protect yourself if somebody comes and try to take your tomatoes that you grew. Paint the picture. Boy. So with all that being said, yeah, they great over there. And I wish that we would utilize that, but we, you know what? We too fucking free. Yeah, we, we are, we are very, we're a little too free. We're, we're very free, let's just say that. But hold on, we're really not free. Sorry, but not sorry. Free, but not free. Nigga, that word, free. Freedom, let freedom ring, bro. Freedom I fought for, for people who don't fucking like me, that don't give two fucking shits about me, that don't care, that spit in my face, that will fucking drag me down the street, that will shoot me when I'm telling you I'm a fucking veteran. Abusing power. Nigga, I got more training than you, bitch. I've actually standing in front of somebody, nigga, who really wanted to kill me, bro, and didn't do it. Without question. And I gotta say this, uh, I want to first and foremost thank you yourself, you know, being a veteran, but also um, I definitely want to thank the American military yes. because you know um, we sit here and we have these podcasts. We're sitting there, yes. joke and talk about this, have these conversations. Yeah. But we wouldn't have this ability or these rights to do so if uh, people like yourself and also the American military might wasn't capable to go over there and making sure that they're That's protecting true. this. So I definitely want for those that 
look to serve, have served, or are serving, uh, know that you know we do thank all of them for their support. Yes, we do. Um, and I know even in the middle of this, we were uh, speaking out of turn with some terminologies. Yeah. Uh, thank you for correcting a lot of things. <laughs> no, that's all saying. good. Because some things we talk in ignorance, you know, again, well, that's, we're civilians. I, I, I wouldn't even call it ignorance. Yeah, I would call it, you know, I mean, it is ignorant because yeah, we just don't be quite know. You don't have the knowledge. Yeah, so, that's yeah, all. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely, thank you for correcting us because uh, we definitely need that part. Uh, you know, just to say, and again, you know, for everything that you've been through. Yeah. Everything that you're dealing with now. Yeah. Again, uh, uh, the good and the bad. Yeah. Uh, it shaped you who you are, and uh, you know, I'm. We're thankful to be able to sit here and have these conversations with you. Uh, for those that do want to follow you, because I think uh, that you were going to, you know, be looking at doing more podcasting, looking yeah. at uh, speaking with other either men in general, but yeah. also people who've been through and came through your scenario personally, right? And, right. Uh, you know, through the military and stuff, right? Uh, tell us, you know, again, what that may look like coming up, and also how to follow you personally. Where can we, you know? Okay. Well, you can follow me uh, at Kings Council, K I N G S, K O U. In SEL Kings Council on uh, uh, Instagram um, right now. That's where you can DM me. Um, the programs that we're possibly bringing up, the possibilities for these programs, are, um, I'm also working with, I'm also a founder of Men Working with Boys, the foundation, the nonprofit foundation. Uh, started with my best friend, uh, Michael Rose. Uh, we're, we're about to get some things going on and Shooting that to the moon and and, and um, hitting the community with uh, once again King's Council. We're gonna get on there. I'm gonna have uh, a group of men. I mean, invite have conversations such as this uh, about our lives and actually talk about what we've gone through, what we're being, what we're going through, what we've been through. That's to help other men get through those things. I want this to be a book. Be like, hey. My partner going going through this issue. Yo, go watch episode two, timestamp such and such. I got all the information in there for you. And also for the for our veterans, I'm gonna do the same thing for our veterans. There's certain programs that I'm still learning about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Through veteran family that I have after I got doxxed and my number went out there. Yo, the veteran community, we're out here for each other. And 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 if you don't have that, yo, call. DM me. I will hook you up with who I can, you know, who, who's helped me out. And, and I'll shoot you the, the information and, and get you guided to where you need to get to, such as such as with, you know, you know, you, you think you ain't did nothing to deserve uh, um, what you deserve. You served. You did anything. Yo, you deserve what you deserve, man. And it's a lot out here for us. But they're, they're being kind of about it because... If everybody knows about it, then what are y'all fighting for? But they have to understand we already fought. We already put our lives out there on the line. We didn't got injured. We didn't got, you know, mental issues. You know, we can't take 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 the civilian life anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because we're so institutionalized into the military life. And I even hate to say this shit, but that is what it is. Matter of fact, me me and the <laughs> Me and a friend of mine, who's an ex-felon, he's like, nigga, you got, you're going through the same shit I went through. I said, how, bro? He said, being institutionalized. I said, shut the fuck up. You sure goddamn right. 
just I had more freedom than you did. I had more opportunities than you did. I got to touch weapons that you never would be able to touch. <laughs> I can see that. Legally, you know what I'm saying? And I've been given a license to kill. Let's be honest. It's to same. kill for my country, to kill for you. I don't even know. Man. That's some deep shit. Yeah, no, no. But I, but I do plan on having that podcast and other things coming down the pipeline. Yo, there's about to be some great stuff going on in Goomba's life. Man, uh, definitely about to be uh, some happening times again. And, uh, you know, uh, to have you again here, anything you need from us, let us know. Uh, we appreciate you just even Same here, fam. Uh, giving us the knowledge, because, again, we're learning as we go, and yeah. it's, uh, it's reciprocal. Yeah. So uh, uh, any shout-outs you want to give uh, before we walk away? Is there is there? Shout-out to Real Life Street Stars, baby. You Thank already said. Thank you. God damn, it's, a it's a shout blessing. Shout-out. Look at this cookie, bro. Uh, Would you look, look at this cookie? Hey, it keeps getting smaller keeps and smaller. Getting, okay. Look, I, I, I wanted to share this with everybody <laughs> because I was going to devour it. <laughs> Thank you, Angels Cookie Shop yes. or IG. Angel White. Yeah, I'm saying thank you, Miss Angel White. Thank through. you. Real Life Street Stars, I appreciate you. Men work with boys, kids council. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I want everybody to know, I still got love for that lady I married. But God bless her on her adventures and journeys and whatnot. Um, Cause I know God gonna bless me, and that's all I gotta keep. That's all I gotta say. I'm gonna keep it peaceful like that that way. Cause I'm a peaceful guy. But uh, shout out to the U.S. U.S. Army, baby. No love. Hey, here Forget we go. the Marines. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit. Nah, but all, all the military servicemen, all the military servicemen, even with this new one, Space Force. Yeah, the Space Force. I seen that. I seen it had Space Force. I can't wait for uh, Star Wars. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna end right there. What what you mean? What you mean wait for Star Wars, bro? We already shot down three of them. So yeah, we're I right see. Down you. <laughs> hey. <laughs>